This show is distributed by SoundCloud. Welcome. Welcome to episode 206 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. On today's show, we're talking to Corey Moss, founder of The Birdie. Hey, Corey, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys? Yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, you're <laughs> not only the founder of a, I guess if we call a newly successful bootstrap company, but you're also a longtime listener of the show, right? Absolutely. Awesome. So we got the double whammy. So, <laughs> awesome. the birdie is a, it's like an expense tracking uh, system, right? Yes, yeah. Um, so, why don't you give us, yeah, why don't you just real quick give us the, like, the, the elevator pitch. What, what's the birdie so we get a framework for this? Okay, so the birdie helps you track your spending uh, to see where you can make improvements or save money based largely on a single email a day. Uh, so, instead of a website that you have to log into, uh, or connecting all of your uh, bank credentials to a website. Uh, we simply email you once a day and say, what did you buy today? And you reply with your purchases, tagging each one like Twitter, uh, and we categorize them and, and then can show you uh, what you're spending the most on and, and where you could cut some corners. That sounds nice and simple and very, very usable. That's the idea. All right, so what, what gave you the idea for the birdie? Why have you been doing... Um, startups before or is this like your first one i mean why don't you give us the background story for, for everything? especially considering there there are so many other expense apps out there already right um yeah i've i mean i so so the the tech history real quick is that i've been uh, a web designer and a web developer for about 15 years um got on pretty early uh in college and taught myself how to you know build websites and then and then uh program on the back end and starting in the early 2000s, uh, started really getting interested in, in making websites that would actually do something instead of just, you know, uh, you know brochure sites. Uh, and jumped on to the whole, you know, 47 signals and this sort of new wave of startups as a thing, web apps as a thing. Um, and so I've been building web apps myself for about six or eight years. Um, and the birdie came out of me starting to freelance right around that same time and pretty much always being pretty bad at managing my own money, especially when income was not steady, you know, when I was freelancing. Um, so it's just been a personal hobby or a personal struggle for a long time. Um, and then a couple of years ago, um, I got into a, what we call sort of a pre-incubator here in New York called WeWork Labs. Um, so it's a big room full of startups. Um, and uh, one startup that I sat next to was dealing with email, sort of re-injecting it back into, um, into applications. Another startup that I sat next to called I Done This was sending you an email a day but asking you what you got done that day, so sort of a productivity tool. And I just loved that idea of the one email a day, and I sort of said, okay, wait, if I could combine these two things, maybe I could actually manage my spending with one email a day. How simple, you know, how simple could it be? Um, based on we're already all in our email inbox, you know, a hundred times a day. Um, so what's one more email? So I built it and um, it really struck a chord with a lot of people. So it uh, saw it grow pretty quickly and 
Um, at this point, I'm uh, a little better than ramen profitable and just recently quit my day job and I'm pursuing it full time. Okay. So let's, you know, back, in, back up a little bit and dig into how, how you came up with the actual idea itself. I mean, did, was this something that you had imagined and then you just built or was there a lot of pivoting and, and playing around with, with different things? Oh, well, so I, uh, my first startup, um, 2004 was, well, let's see, even before that, uh, 2002, uh, I built a CMS cause every programmer has to build a CMS um, and in 2006, I started a file sharing for musicians uh, application because file sharing is something that every programmer has to do. Um, and then I closed that after a couple of years. It was, I, I was never, I never lost money, but I never made money. Uh, and at the time I was still working a day job and I just didn't have uh, the wherewithal to, to get it over the hump. So uh, closed that down. And then also um, SoundCloud came along and just blew everybody out of the water. Um, and so my next idea after that was a project manager for event planners because I was doing a lot of meetups and knew a lot of people that were running small conferences and things like that. And there is no good software. So for anybody listening who wants yet another idea, uh, that's still a space that needs to get filled, I think. Um, but I was sort of struggling with this product that I wasn't totally passionate about. Um, and the idea just came to me uh, in, in trying, uh, I think, Mint.com one more time and, and again, not loving it um, and looking around for, for other opportunities or other, sorry, other solutions. Um, everything required either me plugging in my bank credentials, which I didn't love, or having to go to a website every day, which I just knew I wouldn't do. Um, and for a while, I had been playing with the idea of, you know, what else can this daily email um, be used for? You know, it's, it's, I think it's just this, it's, it's a feature, but it's a great feature. It's really novel um, because it's so simple and it sort of turns a lot of our new ideas on technology on its head uh, of, an, of an email, you know, dealing with email instead of trying to replace it. Um, and it's so simple instead of being, you know, some real complicated technological solution. Um, and so again, it just, it just sort of came to me. I built it over a weekend, the original prototype, uh, using SendGrid cause I already had been using them for other projects for sending emails. And it turns out they had a parsing, um, API. So you send them or, or emails get delivered to them and they'll parse it and, uh, send it to your application all nicely broken out and, um, Built, again, so built it over a weekend, just a real quick prototype, and put it in front of a bunch of people, specifically on Startup Guild. There's a nod to Justin. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> no, I, I remember seeing the progression of the birdie and, and the chatter about it on Startup Guild. Yeah, immensely helpful. Um, put it up, and they, they were the first you know, 50, 50 signups, aside from the few people around me and my mom, and um, got a lot of great feedback, and um, even the original tagline came from a, a user on Startup Guild. What's the tagline? Uh, make better decisions with your money. Good. Yeah, and uh, okay, when you, when you have these first 50 customers, I mean, it sounds like that's, you know, that was with for your what, your, your weekend version? Or, yes. Okay. So how close to, to the vision was that weekend version? I mean, was this like just like a dipping a toe in the water and you had two more months before you could actually of work before you could actually release and charge for it? Or, or how did that? Well, um, no, I, I, with this one, so a couple of 
nice things happened at the time. Um, one was that I was already ready to abandon the project management uh, for event planners product. So, um, you know, I was sort of ready to, to laser focus my passion somewhere else. Um, and the other was I got a full-time contract um, right around that time. So suddenly that, that was actually pretty um, manageable. Like the, the hours were regular and, and the pay was regular. And so I benefited from um, not having to worry about the product making money yet. I just needed to solve the problem. Um, and it, and then also, I mean, I've, I've long been a believer in sort of originally the, the 37 signals and Steve Jobs, keep it simple mantra. Um, and then, you know, what is sort of slid into the lean startup methodology with an MVP and all that. Um, and I, dumb luck, I'm the kind of developer that, that, um, I'm, I'm sort of good enough that I can crank something out, usually prove an idea you know, like I said, you know, in a, in a weekend. So it was, you know, sign up, we send you a daily email, we, we aggregate, you know, what your replies, and we show you a simple graph and a simple calendar. I mean, that was all it was. How long was it before you started charging then? Um, six months, eight months. What, what all did you do between, you know, the six months? Like what, <laughs> I think just to follow up on Jason's question, the, your basic weekend idea, and then six months, like Give us an, ex- an example oh, of the um, kind of stuff that went into it. Mir- miracle function, obviously. Right. <laughs> Unpack that miracle function. <laughs> Unpack that miracle function, yes. Exactly. Uh, black box. It's a model. Um, no, so w- what I started with was, you know, real basic stats. Um, and what I had to struggle with over six months was the original website didn't look like anything. Um, it was a CSS-based design. Like, there wasn't any graphics or... Um, anything like that. Uh, I needed to get a logo. Um, what else went into the six months? Um, <laughs> it's not sounding like much so far. <laughs> so, well, well um, it, it was a lot of feedback, um, building graphs uh, or, or tweaking the graphs, r- doing the math better. Um, people wanted, and uh, so it, um, um, it, it's an interesting question. I haven't answered this one before. Um, lots of little features that people wanted. Um, the beginning of marketing, because the, the initial product, once it was sort of good enough, um, I got on um, Lifehacker, which gave me a first big boost, and then I got on, um, uh, where else did I get? Anyway, a, a couple of other uh, bigger blogs. So suddenly I got these big influxes of traffic, so I needed to um, you know, s- tweak for scaling, um, database optimization. Like Basically, it was, it was you know, get back to the trenches. Um, uh, and then, uh, because I'm a one-man show, and because I was doing it nights and weekends, you know, how can I market it a little bit? Um, you know, how can I set up for handling, you know, all of these uh, support tickets? You know, whoops, the server went down, and so it, it's kind of amazing. Like, I know I'm still not answering your question, but to be <laughs> honest, the, the core product didn't change very much. Um, it was more about polishing it. Um, going back and filling in all the holes as far as what you should be able to do as an admin, um, managing you know bugs as they creep up. Making it, it sounds like making you basically made a robust business out of it over those six months. I honestly, I would say a robust web app. Um, okay. it, it wasn't really a business yet. Um, if nothing, if, if for nothing else, then I wasn't charging for it. Um, and then. Uh, you know, finally looking at sort of all these different revenue, possible revenue models, um, some of which I still intend to implement, 
me being a programmer and me trying to build an MVP all along the way said, okay, what's the quickest, easiest way uh, to start, you know, tr- trying, testing, you know, to charge for it. Um, so I integrated Stripe and built some premium features, which were uh, budgeting, recurring events, um, and income. And that, you know, that took a month to plug all that in. And, and yes, Stripe took two hours, uh, like everybody else, but, you know, setting up the bank account, um, adding a, an SSL certificate, which I'd never done before, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that definitely eats up some time for sure. Um, well, one, you know, and, and, and one thing you kind of glossed over, but I think it's important to, 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 to try and understand is how you got coverage from something, a site like Lifehacker, right? I mean, sure. that's, that's, I mean, that's a big deal. I remember, re, I remember listening to an interview with a company called Clicky, and that was, I think that was, I mean, it might have been Lifehacker or something similar to, to that site that gave them their big boost. But it's easier said than done. You know, just because you send them an email doesn't necessarily mean they're going to cover you. I mean, did you have to do anything or did you send them an email or what? <laughs> I hate to say it, but I just sent them an email. Um, I mean, <laughs> after, after I built, it, 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 went, it went, in some ways it went slowly, but it also went quickly. Like, um, it went, the, the building of the app, the growing of the app, the growing of the business has gone slowly. I've done it in baby steps. Um, the getting attention was, you know, I basically lucked on to a simple solution for a problem that everybody has. Um, and I hate building, I hate the idea of having a product that is, uh, you know, an inch deep and a mile wide, but that's what I lucked on. I usually am more advocate that you, you know, find the specific vertical uh, and solve a problem for them, you know, a la Amy Hoy or whoever. Um, but, you know, I, this, this is what I fell on. Um, and then putting it in front of friends, family, uh, and a couple of helpful forums um, sort of a small network of helpful people that I already had, it just struck a chord. Um, and so I knew that I knew that I was onto something. Um, from there, once once I had my first hundred users, once I once I had the cute little birdie logo, um, once I thought like, I mean, wh- what's the saying? If you're not ashamed from the your if you're not ashamed of your first version, then you ship too late. Um, right. Like right. I was still horribly ashamed of what it was, but the core of it was there. It was good enough. Um, and like I said, because I wasn't charging, I didn't feel any guilt about it not being polished. And because it was still sort of an evenings and weekends, you know, project, as far as I was concerned, I didn't mind it not being polished. But what I did at that point was I sent, uh, about a dozen emails, very personal out to, um, minimal Mac life hacker, um, and all of these financial blogs that I'd been listening to or reading and podcasts that I'd been listening to for the last, you know, three, four, five years and just said, hey, you know, love you guys, you know, and, and said something, usually said something very specific. Like, you know, I, rem- I, you know, I first started listening when such and such happened or just something to point out, like, I'm not a marketing guy, you know, I, I'm not just, I didn't just Google you, like I've actually been listening to a long time. Um, or, you know, been involved with your community for a long time. Um, I built this thing. I'd love if you checked it out. Just very personal, personal right. emails. Um, and same thing for Lifehacker. Um, and it took six weeks. I didn't, I literally didn't hear a peep from them. No auto reply. And the day that they wrote about me, I didn't hear anything. And actually have found that that's been <laughs> uh, pretty consistent with, um, I was written about on, um, uh, TechCrunch, uh, I was written about, well, Fast Company, they actually inter- interviewed me, but 
um, TechCrunch and a bunch of these other uh, sites, um, no notice, you know, like, boy, it would be nice if you knew that your server was about to get, you know, <laughs> smushed. Um, but, but okay, I guess that's how it goes. But yeah, no, I was walking home from six weeks later. Um, I was walking home from a morning meeting. Um, <laughs> and, you know, as, as we do, we walk along. Well, in New York, we walk. You guys would be driving. Um, but walking along, you know, checking my email. And back then I had a notification of every time I got a registration, I'd get an email. And I had, you know, 150 emails in my inbox and went, holy crap, and started running, you know. Wow. Uh, um, so it was just, you know, I, I, I've, I really locked out. I, I, you know, after building a dozen apps and putting half a dozen of them out there, I finally actually, you know, came across uh, an, an elegant little solution for, you know, a problem that everybody really has. And that, so, so in that way, I've lucked out in that, you know, telling most people about it, they go, oh, that's, I can see why that would make sense. You know, let me write about it. So, well, that, that's a nice way to get your marketing kickstarted. But, you know, at a certain point, people aren't going to write about you because you're, you know, you're not new anymore, right? I right, mean, occasionally right. you're big enough, they'll write out when you have new features. But, I mean, have you had to invest in some kind of uh, paid advertising or paid marketing campaign? You know, I just started doing Facebook ads about a month ago um, at a really, really small budget um, and surprisingly asking for likes, not even asking people to register. Um, and that's led to a nice little bump in consistent traffic. Um, but I, the, honestly, I've done, other than that, I've done, te technically speaking, I've done no marketing, um, which is obviously isn't true. Um, I have... Because I've been in, involved in the, the New York tech scene for technically for 10 years, but actively for, you know, five or six, going to meetups, um, you know, and working in a, in a room full of startups, you know, I'm always marketing. I'm always talking to people. Um, and um, any opportunity that I had to talk to people in any sort of group uh, or any sort of quantity, I would jump on. Um, I was, uh, there's a, here there's a, a consistent meetup called Ultralight Startups every month um, and started as pitching just to the room as a way to practice. Now it's changed to you pitch in front of a panel of uh, VCs. Um, but I believe over the last two, three years that it's been running, I still hold the record for pitching the most ideas. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. And so just, and so just people know, and, uh, and I'm, uh, you know, a, a pr at this point, pretty good at pitching, pretty good at talking, um, I crack lots of stupid jokes. Uh, I swear a lot. Um, and so these are stupid little things that, that make people remember me. Um, and so just by networking, I've see, been able to seize on a lot of opportunities to get in front of large groups of people. Um, a lot of it tends to be startup types, which I'm not thrilled about because they're not my, they may or may not actually be my audience. Um, but it ends up leading to other opportunities, you know, other, other talking to other people, um, and just, you know, word of mouth continues to grow, um, that kind of thing. So, you know, so technically I haven't done marketing in that I've haven't done a whole lot. Like I haven't bought a booth at South by Southwest and dressed up as the birdie yet. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously I've done a lot of networking and stuff like that. Yeah. Unfortunately I have to, uh, bow out as we discussed in the, uh, pre-show discussion. I have, uh, I have to go and coach my kids' soccer practice. So um, Justin is going to carry on from here. He has my list of questions, which I just sent him. So Justin, cool. you're all set over there? 
I'm all set. Thanks for putting in all that hard work, Jason. <laughs> sure. So, all right. Well, uh, I, I just want to say, uh, it, you know, you've done a great job, and um, you know, it's really cool seeing uh, seeing another little bootstrap thing get 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 going like this. And uh, cool. thank you, know, you Jason. It's very cool. So, um, all right, guys, I'm out. What, what was really interesting to me about uh, the story you just described is the fact that you've had so many different ideas, and this is something that I've done as well. And as you've gone through each of those ideas, have you sort of bookmarked the failures and the success of each each of those? And does it? Do you think that the birdie is the sum of all of those ideas? Oh, in many ways, yes. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that it's the sum of the ideas because I've definitely jumped from vertical to vertical. But it is, in many ways, the sum of the failure or the sum of uh, the features and the sum of. Right. Uh, the the points of inspiration and you know with with each thing you learn something new uh, you learn something usually you learn something better like you learn a lesson that you already knew but you learn it better or it comes back to kick you in the ass um, and so with the birdie it was you know with with the product that I built just before the birdie the the project management app um, there were a couple of like really key lessons that I learned or, or I guess it was sort of one was the result of the other but um, I had yet to get my uh, full-time contract. So I was really struggling to get, bring in consistent work as a freelancer, um, which I, I know you guys can relate to. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, you know, I, I, I landed on this idea and I started building this product, but I was so desperate um, that you know, I, I was really like worried that it had to make money and it had to make money soon um, and reliably um, that I started, you know, packing it full of features because in my mind it had to be, you know, falling into the standard trap of, you know, it has to be robust. It has to, you know, when somebody logs in, it has to do everything they could possibly need it to because that's the only way that they're going to give me, give me their money. Um, and so I went down the, the standard hole, you know, again, even though I know better and I've, and I've known right. better for a long time, like this is not how you build products, but, um, but I did it and, and it just, it was collapsing in on itself. The code base was already too big and I hadn't even launched. Um, so, you know, so I learned sort of that life lesson, but the technical lesson that I took out of it was, you know, I learned how to use SendGrid, uh, the APIs better. I found the parsing API and um, I also building into it was like this really robust um, email notification system. And so I had already started thinking more and more about how uh, instead of an app trying to replace email, like how it needs to integrate with email. So I kind of learned this like life, you know, lean startup MVP lesson again. Um, but I also learned technical lessons. So there's sort of an example of, yeah, like every previous product that I've ever built, you know, there's always the, this list of things that I can take away from it. Cool. And so the, regarding the email uh, scenario with the birdie, is the email just, it, is your email integration with the birdie just sending them one email a day or are you using email marketing in other ways now? Right now, I'm still just sending them one email a day. Now that email at this point has grown quite a bit to be a lot more helpful. Um, and, uh, it's long been, so, so now there's marketing in that it, it has tips and some of those tips involve like, you know, the power user or the, the paid subscription features. Um, 
And some of it is just, it's amazing how much an, an email a day just helps remind people uh, that you're there and, and, you know, to, to use the app. Um, but I'm not, and I'm, you know, I have a couple of, um, actually I took a, um, a page out of your playbook and, and it went back at one point and integrated a bunch of like little um, trickle campaigns um, oh, okay. and, um, and a lot of, a lot of notifications as far as like, you know, your free trial is about to expire, you know, your, your, your credit card's about to get charged and all that kind of stuff. Um, which in some ways it, it, um, you know, adds to just, just sort of people being aware of you. Um, the next big one that I want to add is for people who have stopped replying to the emails to just basically stop that email for a little while and then email them and, and do the like, you know, the birdie misses you type of message. Um, <laughs> But uh, I mean, what, what what I love about it is is that the very application itself is like the, the the main core functionality is the email coming into your inbox. But that's also the best form of marketing that there is. Yeah. So you're totally in their mind all the time. So it's it's awesome to to kind of kill those two birds with one stone. Forgive the pun. No, absolutely. Um, and oh, there there's so many birdie puns. So have fun. Um, <laughs> How did you pick the name, the birdie? <laughs> the interesting. Uh, you know, being being uh, like we've talked about. I uh, you know another one of these guys that had a million ideas. Um, the uh, about a year before the birdie, uh, I had another bout of the madness. Um, that was a. Twitter app, you know, because the world needs yet another Twitter application. Um, And uh, so I took, again, took a weekend and built this little prototype. Basically, the idea was for speed tweeting, um, because a couple of weeks before I had been uh, the token, like, social media journalist for a a music panel and um, showcase. And so while DJing, I was also tweeting furiously. And there were no (laughs) applications out there that were fast enough where I could type send, type send, type send, type send. So anyway, I built this little thing. No sooner did I build it than I hated it uh, and scrapped it and knew that it was a stupid idea. Um, but um, the, uh, I, <laughs> there's a guy that I sit next to, uh, Joel Van Horn, uh, another you know, uh, great startup entrepreneur like myself. He and I have had, um, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, where you partnership? Uh, no, every month where you get together and you talk about your ideas. Mastermind. Thank you, mastermind group. Yeah, he and I started a mastermind group a couple of years ago. Anyway, sit next to him, and he's one of these guys that loves brainstorming ideas and then finding the the domain that exists that you can get. Uh, right. And so even before I had built this application, he had uh, found me thebirdie.com, and uh, so I bought it. Never wound up using it, and so when I built. The modern day, you know, spending tracker, I just, again, having built it and wanting to get it in front of people as quickly as possible, I looked at the list of domains that I already owned and said, okay, here's one that kind of could mean anything and put it out there Um, and spent the next three days trying to register, you know, dailyspendtracker.com or these other just horrible spendio, you know. Uh, so h- how many domains do you have right now from all the different stuff that you've oh done in God. the past? Um, at least a couple <laughs> dozen, um, not counting yeah. like the ones that are actually in use. Although I've started to let a lot of them expire because I'm just not, you know, I, I need to focus on one project at this point. Um, but yeah, so the funny thing was that I was, you know, while looking for what I thought would be a better domain, everybody's like, the whole point of this is it's a super simple, easy way for you to track your spending you know, keep it, keep it cute, keep it harmless. You know, the birdie is, you know, the birdie on your shoulder reminding you like it, it works. Everybody sort of 
you know, talked me into it. So I just let it stick. Uh, do you mind sharing with us what your monthly revenue is at the moment? Um, I'd rather not. Um, okay. Just say that. No, no worries. Well, you know, if you if you're on Andrew Andrew Warner's show, he'd cut you off at this point. I know, and I'm <laughs> I'm still debating about it. Um, but I I think. Well, I'd... But what what's your what, why is that? Is it because you think if I share this these figures, then everyone's going to want to do what I'm doing? No, it, or... it's that if I share the it's it's so small at this point that right. it, it feels like you know it it feels like it's not enough. Um, it's not it's not impressive enough. Exactly. Um, and okay, so, fair enough. I mean, well, but it, but if, if it's if it's enough for you to to leave work, I mean that I think that's that's a pretty substantial thing. Yeah. I mean, I would love to be able to do that myself. That's the bigger thing is that I mean, you you can break it down pretty easily. Like my my running an application like this, the biggest expense is uh, SendGrid. So at this point, I've got to be on their gold package, which is two hundred a month. Um, I see. You know, because it's an email based thing, um, you know, that's my biggest expense. Uh, hosting is, I actually have a pretty expensive host, but they are phenomenal. So I, I've gone with, I've, I've been with them for years. Who is that? Uh, wiredtree.com, uh, based out of Chicago. Um, they're just, they're amazing. Um, so is, are they cloud-based or are they like, no, uh, physical? They're, you know, standard, your classic shared hosting. I mean, it's, it's a VPS. Uh, right. and so I've got a VPS for all my freelance work and all of my other little projects. Um, and then at this point I've got a separate account for the birdie, um, you know, so that's two fifty a month and then, yeah. you know, 50 more a month for, you know, analytics for backups for, you know, miscellaneous. What's your tech stack look like? Um, it's lamp. It's, I use the Zen framework on PHP, um, you know, normal MySQL database. Like I try to use just what is, whatever is most common and most public so that, uh, it's easiest to solve problems. And then also, future, uh, slightly future proof. It's it's easier to find other people to, to step in and help. Um, but yeah, so I guess the point I was making was that, you know, you running an app like this costs me about 300 a month. So, hmm. you know, if, if, if I'm learning, if I'm ramen profitable, you know, add a hundred or two above that and you know what I'm making. Okay. <laughs> right. But so you're a bit more than ramen profitable, right? So you're profitable to the point where you could actually leave your day job, but that's actually a pretty big risk on your part to, to leave your contract at this point. It is. And the thing is, is, I mean, I'm, you know, ramen profitable, meaning, uh, I, I can eat some ramen, not necessarily that I can pay rent. I do live in New York city and, and all that. Um, but it came to the point where it's kind of it's kind of the place where that most people get to, where they also look at seeking funding um, for the right reasons, not for the the cool hip, you know, we all need segues sort of way. But the um, you know what I need right now is to hire a programmer, a marketing guy, uh, and you know a two hundred dollar a month budget in Facebook apps or Facebook ads or whatever. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I kind of reached that point where I said, okay, I don't necessarily want to seek funding at the moment, um, but right now is the right time to double down on the idea, on the project, um, because I, can, I think I can take it to the next level. And I just didn't see myself doing that, you know, where I was still working 40 to 50 hours a week, you know, dedicated for one client. So as you're developing at this particular stage, I guess you have some hazy vision of where you're moving to. I'm wondering what you think the core technical challenges are going to be uh, for what you need to be focusing on from a technical point of view and also from a marketing point of view over the next, say, three to six months? Sure. Um, the technical point of view, like there, there's definitely um, 
a lot more of flushing out of the product that I want to do. Um, one of the surprising lessons that I learned of this was I thought one email a day would be would work for, for some people and definitely not work for other people, but I never thought that I would have people walking up to me going, I need you to send me three emails a day. Huh. Um, and I integrated Twilio, uh, so right now you can text in your purchases, but people are actually going, I want uh, a text message at it, or an, an email in the morning, three text messages, one after each meal, and then an email at night. Um, wow. because, because it keeps it top of mind. Um, because it turns out that, you know, my idea of, you know, oh, what's one more email a day was so correct that people are going, what's three emails a day? Um, if it helps me, you know, I can put in basically what did I buy for breakfast? What did I buy for lunch? And what did I buy for dinner? Um, and it also, I think, um, I can do a lot more with the email. Um, something that a lot of people have asked for is like every Friday, send me, you know, basically a newsletter version. So, to your point earlier, more and more of the entire application will be just email. You know, you can sign in and, and see extra things or change some settings. Um, but more, more and more people want you know something as simple as just dealing with email. Um, so, from a technical standpoint, you know, from a product standpoint, that's kind of the the next big thing that I want to build out. Um, and then from like biz dev, there's definitely um, a lot of partnerships that I want to pursue. Um, specific verticals that I want to pursue. Um, and then, uh, what was the other? Oh, and then marketing. Um, well, I have stickers now and I have t-shirts. Um, and, <laughs> nice. um, what, what's actually been really cool is, uh, this summer I had two interns, um, that were just phenomenal. Um, and one in particular, uh, said, you know, that he wanted to spend the summer learning. Uh, he's a freshman in college going into his sophomore year. Um, and he wanted to learn, uh, you know, basically what it was like to, uh, do online marketing. Cause he had done a little bit of it. Um, but saw himself, you know, going into that more into the future. Um, and so how did, how did that logistically work? I mean, given that you, I mean, you were in your job, right? Right. Or do you work from home? I mean, how did you, how did you manage interns? Um, I, I had a full-time contract kind of like um, you and Jason do or from time to time you and Jason do. Um, so uh, working from home or working from an office, but uh, I didn't have to go into a day job. Um, and so basically could come up with uh, plans for the day, for the week, um, and did do training sessions, you know, either during lunch or, you know, like evenings and weekends, you know, meet for an hour or two, buy them lunch. Um, and, and then during the day, just the occasional IM you know, here and there of, uh, you know, checking in or asking questions, that kind of thing. Um, that's awesome. I mean, I would have thought you'd have had to be on, on top of them all the time, but it sounds like you've, you've kind of worked out like a way to outsource that function so well. I basically, I browbeat them from the beginning, um, saying, <laughs> you know, when I, when I did interviews and I did, I interviewed about five or six people, I said, you know, this is not, this is a, this is, this is a trial by fire, you know, um, you are autonomous. Uh, you know, I am, I am the expert. I am here to answer all of your questions. In many ways, I work for you. Um, because in most instances, you know, I have some inkling I've read, you know, blog posts on pretty much everything. I'm as much addicted to hacker news as you guys are. Um, so I've read blog posts on just about every topic. Um, but you know, a lot of it I haven't done and a lot of it I haven't had time to get to. So you're going to have to figure it out. 
Um, and, you know, so you have to be uh, self-sufficient. You have to be comfortable with going, Googling for a solution, you know, IMing with me for five minutes to, to you know, brainstorm it with me and then implementing your, yourself. And, uh, you know, you, the birdie is now yours. You now work here. Uh, if you want something to, to happen, you know, run it by me and then make it happen. You know, go. And so are you sort of, are you thinking, when you say the birdie's now yours, that's starting to sound like, and you can have some equity in the birdie if you stay with the birdie. I mean, is that the kind of direction you're thinking? Um, I mean, not for internships, because this was set up as a learning experience. Right. Um, but no, more the, the birdie is yours in that I don't want somebody coming in going, you know, is it okay if I add a blog post? I want somebody who puts up a blog post, sends me an email or sends me an IM and says, hey, Corey, there's a new blog post up. You should check it out. <laughs> and what happens if the blog post is like, you know, just wrong or just damaging in some way? So then I delete it. Okay. I mean, it's, Simple as that. it's you know, like part of, part of the, the whole MVP that nobody really talks about is like a ruthlessness is, uh, what is it, um, better to uh, beg, uh, beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. Um, you know, don't worry about, don't go register your business. Don't worry about patents. Don't worry about, you know, uh, design, you know, just, just get the, you know, goddamn, try not to swear, get the thing out there, um, you know, uh, in, in whatever form. And so it's the same with, you know, marketing, it's the same with, or I'm finding that it's the same with marketing and it's the same with, you know, adding new features and it's the same with, you know, pitching and it's the same with, you know, anything is like, just, just get it out there. Just do your best. Just, you know, good enough is good enough. You know, the MVP, uh, mantra, applies to almost everything it's a fractal concept yeah it really is in terms of uh as as you've been developing out the tech do you have any hints on what scaling issues you might have and and how you're going to deal with them sending a lot of emails is a nightmare <laughs> uh, <laughs> why where, where, where does that break down um i mean the 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 biggest the biggest thing that i advocate is is we now live in a in a time where you can um off source or, uh, you know, there's services for everything. So don't, you know, the way that we all used to build our own CMS, uh, and every other solve you know, reinvent the wheel for ourselves over and over again. Uh, don't invent, reinvent any wheel. Don't invent any wheel. You know, you basically, you can hobble together so many services, um, that, uh, you know, you, you should be able for most ideas out there, you should be able to do it hackathon style and, and, and get these things out there. Um, the biggest thing with, uh, sending lots and lots of emails, um, time, <laughs> time zones is honestly like the, the bane of my oh, existence. I, I can believe it. It's been an absolute nightmare for Plugio, just time zones and working with different people's time zones. Yeah. Um, and that, and that alone, <laughs> uh, getting, wrapping your head around it and the, you know, even, even dealing with, uh, with libraries, um, that are supposed to solve all the problems for you. They don't, um, and currencies too. Um, but they're, they're technical issues. And the other thing is, is, um, sort of a, a meta lesson. I know I'm digressing here, but, um, is, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, Peldi, uh, from Balsamic, um, I mean, have been, you know, reading him for a long time and then saw him speak last year at the, uh, business of software conference, um, and, and got to talk to him and, and just love his, like his approach to, um, you know, hi, I'm balsamic. You know, if you're if you email balsamic, you're emailing me, um, type of mantra. 
And so I made sure that the birdie had that. Like, I'm on the homepage of the birdie. Hi, I'm Corey. I invented this, you know. Um, and so whenever things have failed, like early on, um, I, <laughs> about a month into the birdie being launched, like really being launched, um, I was out to dinner with a friend of mine, and my mom called. And she said, um, if you already know about it and you're working on it, then just tell me and I'll hang up. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, the birdie, the birdie is emailing me every minute and has been for the last hour. Wow. Um, and so I actually had to call my hosting company, and this is part of why I love them, called my hosting, hosting company, gave them the bare necessities for credentials to, get, you know, to, to tell them, verify who I am, was able to tell them which cron jobs to just kill, and it, it was stopped within like a four, four minutes of me dialing their phone number. Um, so again, kudos to, to Wired Tree. Um, but you know, I, I, this happened a couple of times, just me trying to, to figure out how do you send, you know, a thousand emails, uh, you know, on the, on the, at the top of a given hour, because that's when most of my users, you know, they, most of them wanted their emails at 7 PM or whatever. Um, and so trying to build these loops that, you know, don't take down the server, um, but, but are redundant enough that if they fail, um, you know, it'll pick up where they left off, but they won't send, you know, two emails to the same user in the same day, solving all those kind of tech problems. Um, but it actually gave me an opportunity to then email all of my users and say, I am so sorry. Um, the first time this happened... Um, the first time? I love, I love it. Okay, awesome. Um, well, well the, yeah, the first time it happened, I emailed all of my users and said, I'm so sorry. You know, obviously, the, you know, we're trying to make your life easier, not harder. Um, you know, uh, one person... Uh, wrote back and said, yeah, you know, that was annoying and unsubscribed. One out of hundreds at that point. Um, the second time it happened, um, uh, I got back about 30 emails that said, hey, you know, shit happens. Don't worry about it. I love you guys. Um, you know, Corey, you know, you're doing great. Keep going, you know, and nobody unsubscribed. Um, That's fantastic. There's, there's a story that I heard about Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if it's actually true, um, but he was uh, consulting for a startup um, and you know just helping them get up and going, and they were doing great, and nothing had gone wrong. Um, and again, the story. So I'm paraphrasing is that he said something to the effect of, you know, now you need to screw up so that you can apologize, so all your users will love you even more. <laughs> and I've had that exact experience where. The more, the more I've put myself, you know, in it, uh, been the face of it, um, the more, you know, in regards to tech problems, people are very, uh, very forgiving. Um, and I've, I've made sure that from the beginning, pretty much every support ticket gets answered within 24 hours. I start everyone with, hey there, you know, or hey Susan, if, if I can see their name. Um, and, you know, if, if there's a problem... You know, even if it's a, uh, you know, an, uh, what is an, I, an ID10T error, do you know, are you familiar with that? Uh, if you write down ID, the number 10, and the letter T. Not familiar, no. Uh, it, it spells out idiot. Um, oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So even if it's an ID10T error, um, right. you, uh, you know, you apologize profusely. Um, and then, you know, and every email is signed either by me or one of my interns, you know, um, and, and just being really friendly and really understanding and really, you know, apologetic, um, basically you'll forgive, you know, pretty much everything, the server going down, you know, sending an email a minute, 
every minute for an hour, um, you know, all sorts of things. I mean, you, you could really mess with people and you don't want to do that, obviously, but, um, you know, there's definitely ways to prevent it. Do you use um, stats in any way so far in, in your business development so far? And if so, have you used it? Um, I hate to say it, but very, very little. Um, I have Kiss Metrics integrated. Uh, I tried a bunch of other um, products just, just because I could, because I finally had a product that had enough traffic that I could actually uh, you know, compare and contrast all of the different um, tools out there. Um, found Kiss Metrics to be a little bit better than most, um, though I still don't love it either. Um, but what I've been focusing on, and it's cool, I just literally today finished uh, listening to the Steve Jobs biography on audiobook. Uh, was listening to that while I was traveling around Europe for the last month. Um, and him go over and over again, he keeps talking about, you know, I, I don't care about profit, I care about product. Um, and that's kind of been my mantra all along of like, just if I'm, because I have the luxury of solving my own problem, um, you know, I am my own best customer. Um, as long as the product makes me happy, then it's going to make other people happy. And I've really just focused on that. Um, and, and thankfully once I plugged in uh, a premium or a freemium model with a premium plan, um, a lot of people are, you know, willing, willing to pay a few bucks a month you know, for that because the product is good enough. Um, Do you mind talking about what your conversion ratio is? Um, I honestly couldn't tell you. Okay. But how, I mean, how's freemium working out for you? Because there's, you know, there is a lot of not so great press about freemium. So what do you, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I don't love it. Um, I suspect that I could do better in other ways. Um, And I'm definitely, I mean, not by any means to look my paying customers, you know, wait, I'm mixing metaphors. Your free customers. Well, not... You, you, I, you don't want to look your free customers in a mouth, yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I'm very, very grateful, you know, and, and, and um, but I'm not going to get rich on $5 a month. Um, and obviously, one of my first concerns is having a company that's sustainable, uh, you know, reaching, going from ramen to what's the next markup, lifestyle business, um, before my eventual $8 million exit. Um, uh, but I you know, the company needs to make enough money to, you know, so, the, so that it can pay me enough so that it can stay in business. You know, it's, it's a vicious cycle, right? So, uh, how would you know how many free subscribers you've got right now? Um, I've got the only number I have for you as at last look, I have close to 20,000 registrations. Um, and I have, um, I count a, an active user as somebody who's been using it for seven days consistently, like has entered in purchases for seven days. Um, and that's hovering at about, um, uh, it's a little less than 10%. It, it dropped a little bit. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, that's really good. So I've got, you know, but, but how many of those are paying? Uh, honestly, I couldn't tell you. I, I apologize. I meant to look at all this stuff and so I could share it with you, but I didn't get it. Well, that's amazing because I mean, if you think, uh, uh, I mean, Plugio has 15,000 registered users, but in terms of active users, it has around 500. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the statistics that I'm playing with are nowhere near as good as the stats that you're playing with. And I think that speaks to the sim, the, you know, how simple the app is and also how easy it is to interact with it, the fact that you're sending them that email every day and that basically the app markets itself. So that 10% conversion rate is fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, so, I'm very excited and, and feel very, very lucky about it. But, oh, so, so, but the, what, the point I wanted to make before was that you know, um, the curse of freemium is, yeah, I have all these free users. 
Um, most of them have not proven to be the pain in the butt like people talk about uh, is kind of the curse of freemium. But, um, you know, but at $5 a month, that's, that's going to be a huge, long, slow climb. Um, so I'm definitely looking at other ways to, you know, other, other income streams. And I'm not, I'm not really sure what those are yet, but um, it's, you know, there's got to be something there. So if you if you've got twenty thousand registrations, does that mean that you have sort of fifteen thousand emails going out a day, or is it just the ten percent that get an email per day? Um, it's the ten percent or less, um, because some people do sign in every day uh, and enter their purchases. Some people use uh, text message. So I mean, that's still a lot of emails going out. Sort of, you know, like I guess what four thousand emails a day is it? Um, the last stat that I saw. Um, uh, I'm sending out a, 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 a just shy of seven thousand a day. Um, wow. I mean, that's that's so much potential for sort of upselling other stuff, and you know, having I don't know some kind of affiliate doing cutting some kind of affiliate deal in a related space and just putting that ad at the bottom of the email. Yeah, that's tempting. You know? um, and yeah, and I've had people tell me that um, you know, ads in emails are one of the highest click through, and also. Um, the highest um, CPC rates, um, so that's definitely something that I w- I'm I'm can, I've it's on the list anyway. Um, but it's definitely not the first the first thing I want to do um, for two reasons. One is again trying to build the best product. Um, right. To me, it's I mean to be uh, way over self-aggrandizing. Um, it would be like you know putting an ad on the back of an iPhone or something. Like I want you know the perfect product. Um, Hold on one sec. I mean, iPhone, you know, the app store itself, if you have a free app, it has advertising in it. Sure. But it's still, it's still the app store. Sure. I mean, what, why couldn't you do it, put advertising for all of your free accounts, but for your non-free accounts, remove the advertising? It's like an extra reason to go premium. Because I, I hate products that do that. <laughs> I mean, it, okay. and, it's, and it's, again, I may do it eventually, but I'd really, I want to explore every other avenue before I do that. Um. And then uh, the other reason is that um, I, I can sort of be philosophical at this point because I'm not there yet, but um, I want my customers to stay my customers rather than my advertisers being my customers. Do you know what I mean? Um, like if I partner with Amex. Except they're not your customers yet. That's true. They're, they're, they're free users. But I want to think of them that way. Or you know, they're, okay. they're kind of who I'm fighting for. Um, okay. And again, right now I I have the luxury. Talk to me in six months when when you know uh, my electricity turns off. Uh, how I feel <laughs> about all this stuff, but but right now I have the luxury of being um, you know trying trying to do it what I deem sort of the the better way before I I go into advertising. So how um, how did you determine the pricing? And have you tried playing around with you know the advice that we hear a lot is double your price, double again, double again. Have you tried anything like that? Um, I haven't. Um, I plugged in. Uh, four ninety five a month, and then forty um, thirty nine ninety five annual, um, and sort of said, okay, let me see if people are willing to sign up for this. Um, and well, first, I mean, I did a, I did a fair amount of testing with my users. Um, I do a lot of like surveys and things with my users. It it actually is surprising um, because unto itself, it's a lot of marketing uh, or, or surveys and things uh, act as marketing too. Um, users actually like being involved and like feeling like they have a say. Um, so it, it sort of works, you know, for two, two, two good reasons. Um, but I, early on, I, I said, put up a banner, you know, on the dashboard, everybody's dashboard and said, if you think you'd be interested in these extra features, 
you know, check this out. And then there was a page that ex described all of the premium features and said, you know, would you be willing, basically, would you pre-register for this? Meaning, would you, you know, hypothetically, would you be willing to pay, you know, five bucks a month for this? Um, and got a, a pretty good response. And obviously, like, that's no money down and that's, you know, no credit card plugged in and all that. Um, but it still seemed like a high enough percentage uh, of all of my users that it seemed worth pursuing and at least initially plugging in five bucks a month. What, now, why five bucks and not ten bucks? Um, I think because, uh, again, sort of the, the, one of the, the things that I liked or one of the, the essays that I liked from 37 Signals um, was them talking about pri them pricing their products based on... Sorry, an ambulance going by here. Um, sure. Uh, 37 Signals talking about them pricing their products basically by gut, like whatever felt good to them, like sitting back and as objectively as they could saying, what would I pay for this product? Um, and that was kind of my, my initial instinct was, um, you know, five bucks, honestly, at points still feels like uh, uh, a little too much, um, which is why I introduced the annual, um, because it's, you know, it's a tool that is supposed to save you money or is help you, supposed to help you spend less money. Um, there are free alternatives out there um, and that kind of thing. Um, so I said, you know, sort of arbitrarily, you know, five bucks feels about right to me. Let me try that. Um, and um, not enough hours in the day, laziness, um, not good <laughs> analytics or, or too, too busy to look at analytics um, all have sort of prevented me from really exploring changing my pricing much. So you wouldn't even want to go up to 10 bucks, even just because it's just, it, it, you wouldn't feel right at this, at this moment in time, even just charging that. Much. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't, I don't feel like the value's there. Um, and I definitely think that there's ways that I can add more value to the product that at some point will make it worth more. Um, but right now, you know, I feel good about, I feel like I'm offering an awesome product for five bucks a month and that feels good. And, and, you know, the free version offers you a lot. So get started with that. You know what I mean? Well, so you've translated into a number of different languages and I wonder if that made any difference to your bottom line or the number of users using the, the product. Oh, absolutely. And that, that's, that's been one of the most amazing experiences of the whole thing. Um, one of the things that happens when you get, uh, is life hacked a verb now? When you get life hacked um, <laughs> or, or tech crunched um, is uh, a lot of these sites uh, are syndicated uh, illegally and, um, and nobody, you know, no, nobody's, nobody really talks about that. Um, so it was interesting because I saw in my, you know, watching my Google Analytics after uh, or um, at the time I had, uh, now I have Go Squared, at the time I had... Well, anyway, one of the other, you know, live stats, you know, which is cool because you can watch the needles move around. Um, but um, I, was, I, I was watching and it was like, you know, all this traffic coming from Lifehacker and then suddenly all this traffic coming from some like .ru or .es site. Um, and it's basically any article that gets put up on TechCrunch or Lifehacker or any of these other sites get sort of loosely translated into these other languages. Um, Legally, again, I think it's, it's, it's sort of illegal syndication, but you know, yeah. it, it, they can't do much about it. Some of, some of them attribute the original credit back to Lifehacker or whatever. Some of them don't. But it was really interesting because um, I saw a huge bump in traffic in South America. 
um, it almost overtook uh, North American traffic um, initially. Wow. Um, and then, and so I reached out to as many users down there as I could. Um, another one of the, the, again, talking about, you know, trying to interact with customers a lot. I, right from the beginning, I had like a live chat, um, you know, on the site so I could reach out to customers and they could reach out to me um, and tried to talk to as many people in South America as I could. And it turns out that um, a lot of other services that connect to bank accounts, like don't work in South America. Um, a lot of people don't have bank accounts. Um, you know, I wound up talking to a guy. So anyway, so it, it expanded from South America to a lot of the rest of the world. So I, I sort again, you know, the birdie um, is lucky enough to solve uh, what what turns out to be an, a, a a truly like universal or global problem, which is you know everybody struggles with how much money they spend, um, and so you know that naturally translates into other languages. But it was interesting because the kind of turning the making it making a low tech solution like I did, where it's email based. Um, actually reaches markets that that the higher tech solutions can't. Um, so translating, um, you know, made a made a huge difference for me. And I still, um, you know, non North American traffic still accounts for at least half of my traffic. Um, at this point, uh, a lot of it being my biggest second biggest country is Germany, which I still don't understand. Uh, which is part of why this last month I went over there and hung out for a couple of weeks. Um, but let's, let's talk about that for a second, because you, you said you've done a lot of traveling and it sounds like a lot of this has been built while you've been on the road and a lot of your business has been done while you've been on the road. Like how have you managed that? Um, so for the last, it sort of, it was sort of a, I had the, you know, the, the full-time contract for all intents and purposes, the day job. Um, and a friend of mine said, um, Hey, do you want to come, you know, live at my beach house in Italy for a couple of weeks? <laughs> Nice invitation. Right. We all need friends like this, right? So, um, you know, and it had had long been a dream of mine to, like, I I try to travel, you know, in the U.S. a lot, at least a few times a year. I try to get over to Europe or, um, because I I used to be a a DJ and musician um, and, you know, all of the best dance music comes out of the U.K. Um, So a lot of my friends were in the U.K. and, and, uh, at least once a year would try to go over and, and go record shopping and go to some parties and hang out with people and that kind of thing. Um, so I've, you know, I've always loved traveling and, and, you know, here was an opportunity to go live in Italy basically. Um, and the birdie seemed to be doing pretty well. And so I said, you know what, you know, now's the time I'm going to quit my job. You know, I, I, I'm going to go travel, you know, work a bit while I travel. Um, it's also sort of, like I alluded to, it's the point where, where the business is now to the point where I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do next um, as far as more um, revenue streams and sort of big product enhancements and that kind of thing. So, you know, and, and I have interns that can help me sort of, you know, hold down the, hold down the ship while I, um, you know, act as CEO and, and go think and meditate and, um, I don't, you know, pray to the gods of startups and all that kind of stuff. Um, it, I love it. It sounds like the perfect bootstrap story. It's like, this is exactly what we've been talking about all these years. I'm, I'm knocking on wood as you say that. So far, it's been, <laughs> it's been absolutely amazing. It's, you know, and it, it's funny. It's, there, there's a pop, I, I, I can never find the quote, but I read it at one point. Um, but there was a pop singer that said, you know, it took me 10 years to be an overnight sensation. Um, and I feel right now, like that morning, like the story I told you about walking back to my office, you know, the morning that Lifehacker wrote about me, I sat down 
and I, I pulled up the, um, the live stats and just watched the needles just bury, you know, and I, at one point at the peak, I had like 280 um, uh, concurrent users on the site. Um, so I called my hosting company because, you know, that's what you always hear about is when you get, you know, slash dotted or whatever, uh, your server goes down. So I called my hosting company and I said, you know, how's my server doing? And they said, you're at 4%. <laughs> and and I said, so we, we're okay. They said, yeah, you're fine. And laughed at me and hung up. Um, and so, <laughs> nice. um, you know, everything, basically I, I turned to, again, my friend Joel, who was sitting next to me, who was watching the needles, you know, just like I was and high-fiving me because he was very proud of me and saying, you know, I said, I, I feel like I've been, I've been, you know, everything I've ever done has built up to this moment. Like I'm finally, right. it's all finally working. The ideas are coming together. You know, my coding skills are coming together. Uh, my dumb luck has come together, you know. So this is like talking a little bit more about the sum of everything that's gone before, the sum of the learning and the sum of the, the, the learning through the failing and the learning through the success of everything you've done before. And, it's built up to this and, and the stroke of the stroke of lightning of luck, you know, um, it really is part of it, you know. I mean, I've always thought that if I kept on trying lots and lots of ideas that I would one day fall onto an idea like what you're describing, you know, that, that inch, inch high and, you know, a mile wide. And, but it's just, it hasn't happened to me yet. And the worst thing is, is I remember when you first proposed um, the birdie on Startup Guild and I was looking at it and I went to look at your site and went to think about the idea and I couldn't for the life of me see anything in it. I was like, <laughs> what's this? This, this is going nowhere. And it's incredible. I just, how wrong could I be? Well, you know, again, uh, wait for the $8 million exit, you know, um, I'm, I'm still looking at a long, slow climb. You know, I'm still at that, that point of Plugio where, you know, you gave up for a year because it was sort of eking along, you know, um, but wasn't, it, it, you couldn't quite see over the, the edge of the, um, you know, over the fence yet, you know, um, you've got something very, you know, really nicely viral built in. I mean, the, the fact, well, I guess it's not viral in, in one sense, but it wouldn't be very difficult to make it viral if you simply put at the bottom of every email, tell your friend about the birdie, you know, just forward this email, see, show them how, how much you're saving. Right. Yeah. You know, that, that was, you know, so yeah, there's, I think definitely, there's definitely opportunity with that. Like I want to, you know, the way that the bigger way that I want to start with play or start, start playing with payment is, um, you know, get a free month of premium if you refer a friend, uh, yeah. or, um, you know, you'll, you, I'm, I'm saying it here first. I haven't even sent the email yet. Um, but I read an article today about a guy who, um, uh, AppSumo knocked his product out of the park. So I definitely, it, it occurred to me, like I should actually look at either an AppSumo, though it's not real startupy, um, or, you know, a living social or a Groupon or something like that. Oh, totally. Um, I think, I think would do great. You know, because it's it's a nice little thing that a lot of people can relate to. Are you going to stick? I mean, they, you know, the media on the TechCrunch and the Mashable, it's all mobile, 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 right? But your app is, I guess, email and web. Are you are you thinking about building mobile apps or building an API or anything like okay, that? Okay, so that's that's a startup. Uh, I've, I'm also a typical startup in that I tried to outsource uh, the development of my mobile apps, and it has basically fallen every stere fallen into every stereotype of outsourcing um where they just built a crap product and uh it's taken way too long and as soon as payment was done you know their response rate you know fell to almost zero um 
and yada, yada, yada. So I've been, I mean, th this is the, the harsh truth is that I've been trying to build mobile apps for a couple of months now and still don't see it happening anytime soon. Uh, so where, where are they falling over? What, what sort well, of so, things are they so doing I went, I went through, you know, uh, to, I, I've, done, I've done a fair amount of outsourcing. Um, uh, did had similar experiences as you had, you know, when, when you had hired your guy for a while. Um, and, um, what I, what I always found was, you know, small products or excuse me, pro small projects that are, um, open and close usually work pretty well. Like back when I had my, uh, file sharing for musicians startup, I had somebody on Elance build me a little flash music player and that worked perfectly. Um, because it's very small. Because it's very small and open and shut. And I sent him wireframes. I sent him, uh, you know, design specs. You know, was very thorough. Um, with with these guys, um, I did all the same thing, but it was it, it turned out to be just big enough um, that it really sort of it just it got so messy at the edges. Um, so we've gone through you know at least a dozen um, rounds of. Uh, you know, okay, well, this, this alert needs to be this, or, you know, you've got a typo here. Uh, so did they, but did they build what you first specified? They've, tr they've tried. <laughs> but okay. So, but, and then you look at it and you're like, well, obviously that doesn't, you know, it's not supposed to work that way. I mean, obviously the, the mock-ups made it really clear, but they just totally didn't get it. it is that, is that no, it? No, it was honestly more the, the complete, um, um, lack of attention to detail. Um, okay. English as second la second language, um, which I'm pretty sympathetic to, but um, just you know having to go through. I mean, you know, the normal um, uh, checking, you know, uh, checking through the app. So you know, checking the spelling of everything and clicking on every button so that you see every alert, um, and then specifying you know what it should actually say and all that kind of stuff. Um, but just you know, round after round after round of me going, okay, you still didn't put a space in between the period and the beginning of the next sentence. You still, you know, are using the wrong button here and just, just carelessness in that they were just, they're obviously just trying to get through it as fast as possible. So how much money have you burned not getting your app? Um, over, it was like 3000, about $3,000. Okay. Still not getting the app. And, but, but many would say that, uh, I mean, to get a good mobile app, you should be spending, you know, 10, 20,000. And at this point I agree. Uh, I, the, the, a couple of things that I did, um, was, uh, you know, I like, I have the benefit of being a programmer and I've picked up, you know, half a dozen languages just like you guys over the years. Um, and so, and the other thing was that, um, one of the, one of the cool things that I did early on, uh, for my users was I put up a, a leaderboard of features to build, um, and let all of my users vote on, you know, what should I build next? Um, and you built that leaderboard, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah. talked about that, right? Or yeah. email? We emailed about that, or something. Talk about it, um, yeah. uh, oh no! When you did the uh, uh, the review of the birdie, um, what's the the French phrase that you used? Oh, la critique. La we did we did la critique of the birdie, and I can't I can't remember whether I I I'm sure I didn't get it. <laughs> Even you watched, but you liked the leaderboard. Um, yeah, I really like the leaderboard. Um, but yeah. but what, what was interesting that I learned from that was that, you know, the majority of people wanted mobile apps and more people wanted Android apps than iPhone apps. Uh, right. And so when I set about getting mobile apps built, I said, okay, I need to use one of these frameworks that lets you build an app 
you know, and, and then like phone gap or titanium or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, the, these guys came back and suggested Corona, uh, and I did a bunch of research and, and Corona looked as good or better than most of them. Um, and, uh, so that's what we've gone ahead with. And yes. And, and I, I kind of, you know, that was the, the, the your $10 price point was, I looked at that and I said, okay, you know, I've had experiences with outsourcing. You get what you pay for, you know, I really hope that this doesn't fall into that. And then sure enough, this fell into that. Um, and again, what I also, what I sort of hoped for was that by doing it in Corona, um, you know, I downloaded the STK, SDK and so I should be able to like take it the last 10% if I needed to. Yeah. Um, but we just haven't gotten there yet. Um, at this point, I think the, the solution that I would look at is, um, I've, I especially, I, it, Corona is very popular in Europe. Um, and so I, I actually met a couple of Corona developers, whereas I've never met one stateside, um, which isn't to say they're not here. I just haven't, I didn't come across them. Um, but I, I think that the, you know, the solution for this kind of outsourcing would actually be uh, to have somebody do the bulk of the work because the bulk of the app is there. Like that's what these guys did. But, you know, the, I need somebody who can, you know, uh, who, who speaks English fluently, who's got an eye for detail, uh, who could basically take it the last 10%. And ideally that wouldn't be me. It would be, you know, now I would pay, so I paid 3000 for say 90% of the work. I would honestly pay another 3000 for the last 10% of the work just to get it over the finish line to have a nice polished, finished product. And I think that I could, and I would still have done it for 6,000 instead of 10,000 for an iPhone app and 10,000 for an Android app. So it might still work, but I'm sort of caught in the, in the, you know, the weeds right now. Well, if there's anyone listening to the show, who's a, a really good mobile developer, well, it's, but it's, it's a, it's a specific type of mobile development. It's basically HTML, CSS, uh, mobile developer. Um, well, and you want to make, you want to make three grand? Well, <laughs> Go to thebirdie.com. Absolutely, please get in touch. Um, and you know, and honestly, like the other thing that I started, uh, that I thought about early on and sort of forgot about, and wish I hadn't, was um, you know some sort of partnership. Like I would, you know, I honestly, I would, I don't know that I would do equity, but like you know, obviously the premise of this works, um, and I think that there's a really good mobile strategy to it. Um, especially with notifications, because like I said, people want to be texted, people want to be emailed. Twilio can't send text messages in Europe. Um, I'm giving away some of the secret sauce here, I realize, but um, you know, building a mobile app that you could set up to have push notifications would honestly solve part of that same problem. Um, you know, it's one thing we haven't spoken about is the fact that you're a solo uh, founder. Um, you know, you've been doing this completely on your own. How has that been, and how have you dealt with some of the problems, i.e., loneliness yeah. and no no sounding board uh, regarding this project? I'm ready to I'm ready to take on a partner. Um, I mean, I've had the the way to the way to combat being a solopreneur is to have mastermind groups, to have well established um, not partnerships but friendships that act as partnerships, um, and so I I went from having a mastermind group to having sitting at a desk every day with three of the four people from my mastermind group. So I basically have, you know, open access to these people who know my problems already and who I trust the opinions of all day, every day. And we've, we've gotten to the point where we've all actually talked about signing a contract that says none of us, uh, 
own equity in any of the other people's products because we've all <laughs> acted as such advisors to each other so much that honestly you could see a, a court case in the future. Uh, <laughs> but it, but then the way we sort of resolved that was we all resolved to hiring each other. Um, you know, it's kind of a race to success, and whoever succeeds first. Um, you know, assuming the other people want to come on board, you know, or basically they get first refusal to any job application or job opening. Why are you looking for a partner and what are you looking for in a partner? Right. So, you know, at this point, uh, everybody around me is, you know, waist deep in their own products. Um, and I'm getting to the point where I feel like I'm, I'm solving too many problems. Um, I'm really good at building product. Um, I mean, that's, that's the, you know, and, and at this point, um, though it doesn't get me very far with the ladies, um, you know, I'm a programmer, um, and I don't have a lot of marketing experience. I have sort of a good feel for it, but the actual execution, it's just not my, my passion, you know? Um, and so I, you know, having had now had, uh, interns who helped me out with analytics and having had, or an, an intern that helped me out with analytics and running surveys and that kind of thing, having had an intern um, that helped with marketing and did a great job, um, I realized like you know these are things that other people could do. Um, also, I, again, as I as I look towards more revenue streams, I think there's definitely going to be more of a biz dev role that needs to be played. Um, what I'm I guess what I'm getting at is is I need help, but I don't know what that help is there are a lot of hats it sounds like biz, like a like a, a business partner basically a business development partner yeah i mean do you have any ideas where you might find someone like that i don't know <laughs> um yeah i mean again the nice thing about you know my name is out there at this point because i've been involved in the new york tech scene because i've pitched in front of almost every meetup that will allow pitching um you know <laughs> um and and i've been interviewed and and stuff like that because i've put myself out there you know, a lot of people, you know, in our scene know who I am. Um, do, do you pitch, just one question, do you pitch new stuff even though you're working on the birdie? So whenever they have one of these meetups, you'll just go up there and pitch a new idea just to see what kind of reception it gets? Not anymore. Not anymore. Okay. Um, but I used to. Um, if, I, if I had a halfway decent idea that I wanted to see what the response was, um, I would do it. Um, so you found your true love. Absolutely. Um, and uh, <laughs> no, honestly, it's, you know, uh, just like you guys struggle with, uh, it seems on pretty much every show, um, the madness strikes, you know, often and hard, um, and fighting it off is difficult. Um, so what I have at this point is a Google doc where I do a brain dump of, you know, whatever the new amazing million dollar idea is, um, flush it out as best I can, but purely in text terms. And then I have found that that lets me uh, it's kind of like G in GTD, like getting things done. They talk about the brain dump, like get it out of your head so you're not worrying about it all the time. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, if I feel like I've flushed out an idea, but it's sitting quiet, even if it's sitting quietly in a Google Doc and isn't being addressed, at least it's out of my head, and so someday I could get back to it. Um, so that 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 at this point lets me kind of stay focused on the birdie. I, I think you should stay focused on it because honestly, it sounds like an awesome project. Thank you. Um, well, you know what we are. I think we're uh, we're running to the end of the show at this stage. Um, I'm, was there anything that you you wanted to bring up that you were thinking would be good to talk well, about? I, one of the one of the original things that I um, you know when I sort of nudged you again about having me on the show was um, I wanted to sort of talk about um, 
the startup scene that I've now seen uh, in California and in in New York, and then also a little bit in Europe. Yeah. Um, and it just sort of touching on it because it's you know that's sort of our ecosystem, right? Like most of the people that listen to Texing, uh, you know, some are neurogeologists or or you know <laughs> uh, crazy people, crazy hardcore, you know, uh, crazy. Yeah, so, some of the real Jason fans, you know, love yeah. the love the crazy uh, conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff. Although he says he doesn't, he's not interested in conspiracy theories, but. Sometimes I think he is a little bit. Um, but anyway. Yeah, he is. Uh, from, from out here, yeah, he is. Um, but we love him. Um, and I can say that now because he's uh, you know, not on the show. Um, oh, and right. by the way, since he signed off, I can tell you the truth. You are, in fact, actually my favorite of the two of you. Oh, that's so cool. I, ju- that's I just a, thank told you. him that's... he was my favorite because I wanted to make him feel good. <laughs> that's awesome. Because he, sa- he, said, he said that uh, that you were going to say that he was your favorite. <laughs> that's what he said. Anyway. <laughs> um, you know, stoking his ego. You know, he's you got to make him feel good once in a while. Uh, right. You're the real star of the show. Um, mm. But um, yeah, so our ecosystem is is startups, and <laughs> as much as I try not to, you know, get too much into uh, entreporn and uh, you know, for startups by startups type of thing. Um, you know, these are the people we're surrounded by, and so it's been really, really interesting, um, sort of being involved in the. Um, the growth of the New York tech scene. Um, but then also, um, like I said, I just, I went over to Europe and, and I traveled around Italy, um, and met a few tech people there, but mostly I tried to live and work in Berlin for three weeks, um, and worked at uh, a co-working space there and tried to talk to a bunch of people and went to like a meetup breakfast or a, a startup, you know, breakfast. And, and then this big, um, uh, what would you call it? Conference, I guess. Um, that was actually sponsored by the EU um, that had in an old airport that had, you know, tens of thousands of people come through. And, um, and it's just, it's really, really interesting because it's like the big, the biggest difference that I found was um, the, you know, the U S has this very capitalistic um, uh, stereotype, uh, especially when you travel abroad. Um, Mm -hmm. And, so many of the products that people are focusing on here are these really specific, you know, um, consumer, you know, uh, Angry Birds or or Facebook type of solutions. Um, very, uh, you know, you're going to use it on your phone type of thing. Um, and the difference that I've noticed, and, and this this is a purely obviously my own observation, but the difference that I noticed between California and New York is a lot of the ideas in California are a lot bigger um, and sometimes a lot more ethereal, like a Twitter, um, whereas a lot of the ideas that I see here pitched are a lot more um, you know, solving a very specific problem, like a project management application for event planners type of thing. Yeah, it's all about swinging for the fences over here. I think so. Um, you know, people talk about the, the, the optimism of, of Silicon Valley. Um, and so what was really interesting going to Europe was, and again, I've been there for a few weeks, but my impression is that it's kind of, it's a little bit, um, it's, it's, this, it's more Californian in that people are swinging for the fences, these bigger ideas trying to solve humanity's problems rather than a very small vertical's problems. Um, but uh, over there, there's a lot more uh, idea on like the betterment of humanity. So I, I heard so many ideas based around how to help activist groups, you know, be more active or, or bring people together, topple governments, 
you know, make changes in society. Um, a lot, a lot less capitalistic and a lot more um, socialistic, if you will. Um, and that may be just Berlin, um, but but in this conference where people were coming from all over Europe, um, that was the stuff that I kept seeing over and over again. A lot of um, uh, what are they called? Um, I can't think of the name now, but like the the bar camps and conferences, yeah. um, they had those kind of things running throughout. Um, you know, and and less, and th- there were no, there were there was really no sponsorship booths. Like they had a couple of huge uh, corporate sponsors, but you know, like if you walk into uh, a conference here, you know, I don't know if maybe not microconf, but um, you know, a lot of a lot of other you know tech conferences. Yeah, there are lectures and there are panels and there are things like that, but almost always there's a room full of where you know companies are tabling, you know, Twilio is handing out t-shirts and that kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And there, there was none of that. We had, there was, this was literally the outside of an airport. I mean, just the biggest space I've ever seen. And it was, and it was all about, you know, people working together, collaborating, you know, they had hacker uh, hackathons, that kind of thing. Um, But it, but it seems to me that like in, in terms of the level of, I guess, output and what I hear about, maybe it's just because I'm so stuck and entrenched where I am in my scene. I don't hear about much stuff like Twitter or things like that, new big ideas coming from Europe. I mean, you're just, you know, you're discussing this. Maybe it's just because their marketing is, is maybe just very local or something, but I don't, I don't see that much in the press. And I, I think they're trying. Um, I mean, I met a lot of people trying, but it was, you know, Berlin is a new scene. Um, you know, back in the days when New York was first referred to as Silicon Alley uh, and there were only a handful of notable startups here. Uh, or, or you know, known startups here. Um, Berlin is at that at that first stage. Um, they, you know, they've got. Everybody said uh, the same thing to me. We've got SoundCloud and we've got Wonderlist. Okay. That's it. So no? that, that are their, that are their two things. Those, those so are their it, darlings, basically. So sort of like the way that the New York Stock Exchange was kind of king, but then the English Stock Exchange kind of grew and then became pretty, you know, the financial center, something, you know, we, we could see something like that, a, a shift from Silicon Valley. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in the way, you know, New York is, has, you know, this is not, I'm not trying to get into a, you know, an LA versus San Francisco argument or a Mac versus PC <laughs> argument, but um, in many ways, New York is, is definitely holding its own to Silicon Valley at this point. Um, you know, but that's, but that's, it's been a long, slow growth and, and. But with, with small, you, with small apps, you mentioned. Well, uh, or, my impression is that it's it's a different focus. Like um, there was one VC, uh, a VC, I don't remember who said, um, you know, the the perfect uh, the perfect team is uh, what was it? Basically, uh, you know, Cal- California thinking, but New York hustle. <laughs> nice. Um, that's Jason Calacanis. Basically, that's Jason Calacanis. It, 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 it may very well have been he who said it. Um, <laughs> Okay, fair. But um, you know, but, but I mean, he he is the embodiment of that. Yeah, you know, he's he's here in California, and he's uh, yeah, he's he's a New Yorker. And so, just you know, my impression though is that just the ideas that that you see on uh, coming out of um, you know, five hundred startups or um, you know, some of the other uh, Y Combinator, uh, you know, like the the incubators elsewhere versus like the stuff that I'm surrounded by, and maybe there's it's just a different level. Maybe that's just who ends up in those incubators, that type of thing, but. Um, but the ideas here seem to be a lot more localized or solving a lot more like specific problems rather than like, you know, our app lets you tag everything. 
Right. <laughs> that kind of thing. Just my okay. impression, but it was just, it was really interesting. I'm, you know, I mean, less, less comparing California to New York now that I'm going to get an inbox full of hate mail, um, was just the, a really interesting comparison to, to Europe, um, where there, there was the same kind of optimism. I guess the people there too are struggling to get any sort of, um, investment. Most investment that's happened has come from American investors. Um, but it's everywhere you go now, um, the, what are you working on? Uh, is is actually like a way you start a conversation. I was standing outside of uh, Beta House, the co-working space that I was working at in Germany, because uh, they were. Here's something that they do need to remedy: they're closed on Saturday and Sunday, um, and that just doesn't <laughs> work for for startups. But um, yeah. wandered over there on a Saturday morning, so I was standing, you know, leaning against the door, stealing some Wi-Fi, um, and another couple of uh, founders from you know walked up and. Uh, oh, and we're surprised. Oh, it's not open, you know. So we got chat- chatting, but the second thing out of their mouth was, you know, so what are you working on? Um, and it's just cool because in New York, like that's how half of us start conversations or start, you know, start friendships. You know, introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Corey. Tell me what you're working on. You know. Well, um, Corey, just want to say thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been it's been fantastic to hear about the birdie, and I feel especially proud that. The birdie was born in Startup Guild, something that was a result of texting. And obviously, you've been a texting listener for all this time as well. So, so that is really, really nice. Well, and, and it's, you know, it's so much fun to actually, I mean, you and I have, have Skyped a couple of times, but so much fun to actually like, uh, you know, hearing, hearing the two of you sign on to Skype uh, is almost disorienting <laughs> because it's like I'm about to listen to a podcast, but I can actually interact with it. Uh, but it's, you guys have done such a phenomenal job over the couple of years that, you know, I've been listening so much advice. Uh, and it's, and it's cool because in, in so many ways, like, I feel like I've grown with you a lot of the same problems that you've tackled. I've tackled either at the same time or a couple of months before, or a couple of months after. And, um, you know, you've, you guys have, I know that you, you feel like you're still struggling with your actual startup stuff, but, um, you know, Plugio and, and, uh, um, well, it's, you say, you say that you've grown with us, but it's almost like you've grown ahead of us, and now you're you're the you're the the the, the little chick that we've hatched, and you're going to fly away. <laughs> I I will never forget the the little people, you know. When I, when I have the uh, the eight million dollar exit uh, in five years, um, you know, I'll I'll send you guys a card or something. Well, well, one thing is, I would really like to just schedule and set up right now to talk to you again in six months. Okay, obviously not the specific date, but I, it would be really awesome to talk to you again in six months yeah, and see what kind of progress you can make in that time. Absolutely, that's and I I love it because it's also you know it's a challenge. Uh, you know, see where I am in six months. I have to kill it in the next six months. Uh, you, well, in, at uh, least at least half kill it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. This has been such a pleasure. All right. Um, well, uh, anyone who's listening and and hasn't checked out thebirdie.com, you should definitely go to thebirdie.com where you can uh, basically have some fantastic and excellent expense tracking. And I haven't even signed up, so I'm gonna, I feel like an idiot now <laughs> for never signing up. But so anyway, thanks so much, and I'm going to need to finish the show. And I, you know I don't think I've ever said this before. That's a wrap. We're out.